up, everybody? This is Creative Point of View Podcast. My name is Ethan. Noah. Marquis. We have our guest. Noah, introduce our guest today. So we got the boy Drew Dow in the building. Um, he's an aerial photo uh, photographer and videographer. Um, and so, yeah, we're really stoked to have you yeah. on, Drew. Thanks for coming on, I man. appreciate it. It's an honor to be on here. You guys, this is cool what you guys are doing. Appreciate yeah. it. So, like, tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, where you're from and what you do. Yeah, so I was, uh, do I need to talk to the mic closer? As, as close as you want. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Wherever's comfortable. First podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, man. Let's go. But will uh, be your last. Yeah, hopefully. But um, yeah, no, so I grew up in Okaboji. So I've lived in Iowa my whole life. And um, uh, yeah, just kind of grew up there, went to college at Morningside in Sioux City. And uh, as far as like, you know, artistic wise, I... Growing up, I always excelled in art classes. Um, I just kind of knew I was gifted in that in that sort of sense. I'd like you know win awards for like drawings and paintings. So my parents realized that I would always kind of be in art classes and and but never really like videography or photography because in like small town Iowa you don't really have you know that it's it's more just like drawing and painting and ceramics. Right. So I did that, and then uh, once college it was time to go to college. Um, I wanted to play basketball, so I had a few smaller schools looking at me and uh, ended up going to Morningside. They had a graphic design program. I went to a few classes of graphic design and really did enjoy it. But my professor was like, yeah, you know, the average graphic designer makes like $15,000 a year. And I'm just like, well, I can't do that. (laughs) And looking back, like that was such a lie. Yeah, (laughs) Like graphic designers make pretty good money if if you know what you're doing. Uh, Maybe Morningside graphic designers don't make a lot of money, but like if you go to like, you know, Iowa State has a really good program or or whatever. But uh, so that really did kind of scare me away from like the creative career. You know, I kind of wanted to do that, but I was like, I also like don't want to be borderline homeless you know, and, and like be like scratching for paychecks. So I ended up majoring in business and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I did. I got my four year, um, at Morningside in business and minored in graphic design. So after I graduated, um, I got into insurance, but I always kind of did, you know, uh, photography and, and, um, videography just for fun. Like I'd take a camera with me on like family vacations or whenever we were traveling, like that was kind of, what I enjoyed doing and it just kind of morphed like, um, so I was doing, like I said, doing insurance. I loved insurance. I, I liked sales, you know, there was nothing better than, you know, going and, and closing the big sale or whatever, but I just didn't like the back end part of insurance, you know, telling this 70 year old lady, like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, your home insurance isn't covering, you know, your flooded basement and like, you know, she's crying to me on the phone. Like I did not like that. So that kind of, that kind of, you know, opened my eyes. Like, is this really what you want to be doing the rest of your life? And basketball was always a hobby of mine. I loved playing basketball. And when I was about 25, you know, not as good as you used to be, you weren't as good as, you know, in college. And I'm a super competitive guy. I like to be the best, you know, at whatever I do, especially like in basketball, I always kind of saw myself as one of the best in the room. And, you know, once my, I I wouldn't say skill, but once my athleticism started, you know, diminishing and I'd be kind of getting cooked by average people, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, this isn't fun anymore. So I got to, I got to figure out a hobby and I was terrible at golf. So I ended up buying a drone and I had a mentor in Spirit Lake who kind of did aerial photography and he, uh, kind of just picked his brain and and asked him, you know, kind of what drone to get. So at the time, the big flagship drone was just the OG Mavic. Mm. And I'm sure you guys, yeah. you know, did you yeah. did you have the, the yeah. OG Mavic? The Mavic yeah. At the time, it was like, like there was nothing in the market like no. it. It was, yeah. it was like a professional grade drone that could fold up. Like yeah. that was unheard of. Like you used to have to get this Phantom and it came in this huge ass box yep. yeah. and you'd have to lug it everywhere and you couldn't really travel with it. Um, so the Mavic really changed the game as far as like consumers, consumer drones went. For sure. Um, and it was kind of a sketchy deal. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't afford getting a brand new one at the time. So I would just scour Facebook Marketplace for probably about three or four months, and I finally found like a used one in like 
the middle of Missouri and it was like super sketchy. I remember uh, it was payday. So I literally, that Friday took my paycheck, went to the bank, took it all out in cash and drove down to Missouri. And by the time I got there, it was like pitch black. <laughs> and it was, it was a very sketchy situation. I pulled up and it was like the middle of nowhere. And it was kind of like these rundown, like nursing home complex. Yeah. And, um, it ended up being legit. I went in there, it was a brand new Mavic and took it and drove that night. You know, it was like 9 PM in Missouri, drove literally all the way up to Okaboji, Iowa, Northwest Iowa. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't think I slept and sun started coming up and I went up and started droning. The rest is history. Uh, how old were you when that happened? Uh, I was 25. Uh, it was five years ago. So, okay. yeah. Gotcha. How long were you in insurance before you started transitioning out into doing stuff? And like, was that transition period like hobbyist drone flying or how did, how did that kind of take place? Yeah, I never, like when I first started, you know, the drone aerial photography, I never thought it was going to like be a career or, mm. or anything like that. I strictly bought it as like, this is really cool. I want to start doing it as a hobby. Yep. Um, so I was, I was in insurance right out of college so that I graduated in 15. So I, you know, worked there. I was in insurance for five years total, two different companies. And it was, I, I didn't get a drone till like I said, like the last year and a half I was in insurance. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, just like I said, started doing it. And then, you know, people started asking me, you know, like, Hey, I lived in a lake community and I was posting my photos, but you know, just kind of didn't really think much of it. And then people started coming up to me, obviously like, do you do real estate? Like, yeah. could you like take a photo of like this big commercial lot or whatever with your drone? And that's kind of how it morphed. Uh, my sister at the time was doing wedding photography and um, there was really, she didn't really know any videographers. So that kind of, at the time I'm like, yeah, I have a drone. Like I know how to do videos and little did I know, like a wedding film is like five seconds of drone shots and then yeah. the rest is handheld. So I, that's where I kind of learned to, you know, shoot handheld and it kind of morphed into like a, like a full on content creation. But, uh, yeah, no, to answer your original question, um, I'd say probably about the last year and a half, um, as selfish as the sounds too, like, like I said, I liked insurance, but I started thinking like, if I'm going to do something or I'm going to do a career and I'm going to give like something 100% my all, I want it to be for me. You know, I don't want it mm -hmm. to like pad somebody else's pockets, you know, if I'm going to be busting my behind, you know? So from there, then it kind of got me thinking like, okay, so I want to do my own thing, but what do I want to do? And it just kind of fell into place. Um, just, just with aerial photography and, and just kind of the whole videography. How, awesome. how was that first flight? <laughs> <laughs> the first flight, it, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Like just, yeah, I was hooked literally from the first yeah. flight. I, I just took off and it was a beautiful, I remember it was a beautiful sunrise in Okaboji. And uh, yeah, I flew it until literally it about fell out of the sky from <laughs> like the battery dying. Um, but no, it was a rush. And, you know, I kind of get that with, uh, when I started flying my FPV again, that's yeah. kind of same rush. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, it definitely renewed my, my, my passion with it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the first, the first flight was, was amazing. How about you? Uh, no, my first flight wasn't as, uh, I guess luxury as yours. So you had a, you had a lake. I had, yeah. I had, an apartment building with a playground in the middle of it. <laughs> so, Still. so it was it was good. It was fun. Uh, I had the Mavic crashed at. Uh, and then right after the Mavic, they had just came out with the Spark. Okay. So then I had picked up a Spark because I was like, I can't be spending money if I'm not going to take care of this thing. Yeah. And then I crashed a Spark. And then that's my <laughs> hey, like, you How many what? drones have you crashed, bro? We're not gonna talk about. That. <laughs> <laughs> I got actually got one getting fits right now. Uh, from it's like actually a guy in Des Moines, which is pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, that first flight wasn't as. Wish it was a lake. Wish it was Okaboji, but it was still. It's an adrenaline rush. Same thing like you said with the FPV drone. Every time I put the goggles on, it's a huge adrenaline rush. Gets you know? gets the heart pumping. Yeah, you know, you pump. just that's what I love about it. But uh, 
but yeah, no crashing. That's like, I, I have a crash story that made me think of it. So, um, I do van trips for Boho, Boho vans. They're out of Scottsdale, Arizona. They were on shark tank. Like if you know, Tom green, yep. uh, he lives in a Boho van. He was on Jerry and stuff like that talking about it, which was pretty cool. Um, so I do that about once every two years for Boho, just kind of go on a national park tour and just get some dope aerial shots for them basically. And, uh, yeah. So my last boho trip, I, uh, got out there and I just was just amped up, you know, wanted to get out there and was just in the middle of Arizona, just kind of in a crappy area. I don't even know why I stopped. I just wanted to get up there and drone quick. And like I said, middle of the desert and there is one electric pole in the, like <laughs> where you can see and uh, so I throw my drone up and, you know, I'm just kind of droning around it, you know, getting some cool parallaxes. And once you know, it just poof, hits, hits the power line. Oh no! And uh, that was the only drone I took besides my FPV. So I'm like, what do I do? Luckily, uh, only thing that was damaged was a few propellers. Okay. But I didn't bring any extra ones of those too. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, luckily I was about three hours out of LA. And, um, I ended up having a buddy in LA pick me up some from Best Buy and, and there were like 20 Best Buys in LA and they only had Mavic blades in one of them. So he was nice enough to go Dang. grab them and literally saved my entire week. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, crap. And that was really kind of my only like cr crash crash where I'm like, oh no, like, and, and I fly over the water all the time. I've never... Lost yeah, a drone over gonna, the water. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, do you, do you get nervous? Because a lot of your stuff is over water. Yeah. So do you get nervous flying over water at all? I don't. I really don't. And I probably should. And it's probably going to, obviously. I, at this point, I'm I'm like kind of already like, okay, I'm on house money already. Yeah. Like, like if it's going to happen, happen now. It, yeah, like it's, yeah. I'm, that's kind of my mentality right now, flying my, over the lake. But. The first time I took my Sony A7S III out like on a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend at the time drowned it. Oh, no. And this was like three weeks into buying it brand new. And I was just like, no I, I did have it insured, but like that feeling of just being like, my life's over. Well, good for, good for you, man, for having it insured. I know. I like when you make that big of a purchase, I was like, oh, my gosh. But yeah. Dude. I don't do any of it. Like DJ, I care. I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> Living on the edge. Risk taker. I mean, shoot, I, I do not recommend this at all, but like even with external hard drives, like I only have one right now and I don't back up anything, which I better go buy one right after. And you had one that crashed. I had one that right. crashed. Yeah. What, what so. kind was it? Making me nervous. Was it a lacy? Sure. I, I need to get the one. What are the uh, yeah. ones like just the, passport? Yeah. Yeah. The orange ones Rest that are cushioned. What's that? One? Uh, the the lacy. Yeah, lacy or lacy. I, I don't know. Like yeah, because I just have these like, I just get them at Best Buy and they're like just like plastic, but yeah. one drop and you're screwed. Get SSDs. I was about bro. to say grab some of the SanDisk SSDs, and I've never had one fail on me. Yeah, I Actually, I got a story real quick. So today he transferred me the uh, Julio podcast Julio's, yeah. and what was it, like seven gigs? Yeah, it was like seven and a half gigs and it took eight seconds. Yeah, it took eight seconds to transfer it. I was like nuts. It's crazy oh, how fast. Really fast. Yeah. So pick one of those up. So whenever it came to like you starting out in the FP or in just the drone world, how long did it take you before you realized I can I can make money off? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, as far as like making money, like I knew right away, like if I really wanted to, I could, you know, charge 100 bucks here or there. But sure. as far as making like actual like full time money, uh, it would have been the first boho trip because that was cool. the that was the first time. And, and I was kind of going secondarily with another uh gal who was a content creator too and she kind of booked the gig and she had been working for anheuser-busch and they booked boho as kind of like a secondary thing too like hey you're gonna go on this van trip um but it's for anheuser-busch so we'd be like uh, posing with all of like their four peaks brewing that mm. are down in scottsdale they had about eight beers you know we just took around with us and um Boho actually reached out to me. And like I said, they were more of just like a secondary sponsor, but they reached out to me and they were just like, Hey, like we really liked your like aerial stuff. We would like you to maybe just start doing it, you know, 
just yeah. your, yourself. And yeah. that's when I kind of realized like, okay, like, you know, cause, cause as a creative, you know, it, it takes a lot to put your stuff out there. At least it did for me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause you know, you pour your heart and soul into it. And that, that's definitely like gratification. Like, okay, like my stuff is like, people actually do really like my stuff. And it gave me that confidence boost to, you know, take it to the next level, start posting more and more stuff, be more com- or confident as far as pushing the envelope. So I would say probably that first Boho Vans to a really kind of boosted my confidence. Like, okay, I can actually start making good money like doing this. Were you strictly drone content or were you also shooting like uh, any advertisements or anything like else for their campaigns? Uh, it was it was just strictly aerial. So cool. the gal was a photographer. So she did all the That's handheld awesome. stuff. And I just kind of, and, and like I said, you can't really... <laughs> take like a picture of a beer bottle from yeah. a drone so yeah. i, I kind of more just focused on the boho stuff and it worked out but mm-hmm. yeah awesome. okay you keep talking about uh scottsdale a lot mm-hmm. so like how did you get plugged in and connected with scottsdale yeah so um i i'm the i uh control the social media for lord vodka and they are based in scottsdale and my buddy started the company and he knew i did you know, kind of mm-hmm. the whole content deal and saw my aerial photos and asked if I wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I flew down there and um, just took a few photos for him, did a few photo shoots. Did I didn't they really pay think- for your flight and everything? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, cool. he did. Cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like the first like four or five times, I really didn't charge him just because he was like a buddy. So yeah. I, you know, I'd fly down there and we'd just have a good time and I'd take a few photos of the, of the bottle and, fly back and it just kind of morphed into like you know he really liked my stuff and and the stuff i was producing for him and and it morphed into just me kind of doing a full social media takeover mm-hmm. but i'm also kind of boots on the ground in iowa now because yeah. uh, we're licensed in arizona and iowa are the only two states gotcha. that were it's kind of tough uh like with liquor licenses state yep. to yeah. state to state so we're just focusing on arizona and iowa right now and and yeah i kind of control the I control the social media and I'm down in Scottsdale, I'd probably say once every couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also doing my thing up here. What's cool. it like, uh, you know, having a hand in a business that is also in another state and, you know, you're working like remotely traveling every now and then, but like based in Des Moines. What's that like? Yeah. Um, I think COVID really changed the game as far as that goes. Uh, it was really kind of unheard of to be like, wait, you work for this company in Scottsdale, like, and re- full time or whatever, mm-hmm. like remotely, like that doesn't, but yeah, COVID kind of, uh, showed force people to be like, Hey, like working remote is like an actual thing. Um, but it is challenging at times, you know, and it, it would be more ideal if I lived maybe down in Scottsdale, but um, Andy, the owner of the company, he's been awesome from the start. And, you know, if Lord Vodka ever does absolutely blow up, then yeah, I might, I might have to, but as of right now, like I love Iowa and yeah, I guess it, it does present its challenges, but it certainly hasn't been like something we couldn't overcome. Yeah. yeah. Aside from running and being a social media manager, um, what else are your main avenues that you focus on content creating? Yeah, so uh, Lord Vodka is a, is a big uh, driver right now as far as time goes for me. Sure. I still do film weddings. So okay. weddings, I've limited it to about 10 a year. Um, kind of wanting to phase out a little bit, but also I do genuinely enjoy doing it. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, it, it is how a lot of filmmakers and stuff kind of start mm-hmm. into like the, you know, making money and whatnot. But um, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, jobs where you're literally with someone on the best day of their life. So, you know, you do have to match the energy sometimes, but most of the time, you know, I have a really good time with, with the couple and, um, and it's super gratifying to like literally give them like a time key or sorry, a, a time piece or however you want to say it, um, that, you know, they're going to literally have and, you know, yeah. for the rest of their life and look back on, on their wedding date. So I, I love doing that. And then, uh, you know, just various companies. I've done area work for, like, TV networks, like A&E. Um, uh, American Justice, it's like a true crime documentary show. Done a few uh, shows for them. And that's literally just, uh, 
going to different cities and stuff, uh, small towns where like kind of the crime scene happened and just getting aerial shots of that. Wow. So th- that's been cool working for like uh, major TV networks. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just kind of various drone uh, commercial work. And then I sell my prints online too. I, I take mm-hmm. photos, especially in Boji. I have a, a super, my biggest following is in Okaboji, my hometown. Um, so I sell my drone prints online and then I have a, a gallery in, in Okaboji awesome. as well. So I got a lot of, a lot of kind of. Which yeah. those prints are legendary. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah, great They're work, crazy. man. What, uh, what brought you to Des Moines from Okaboji, like rather than putting roots down there? Um, I, I love Okaboji and it's, there's no better place in the summer. And I'll always consider Okaboji my home, but um, I just need amenities. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it's and and could I, would I ever move back there someday? Probably, but I also do love Trader Joe's. And I I also do love having a Best Buy and a yeah. mall. Like right. like that for me. Like that's why I'm in Des Moines. Yeah, because it's Okaboji home is a three hour drive, so I can go back really whenever I want. Yeah, but also uh, Des Moines. I mean, it's a great city. It is. I, I love Des Moines. Um, I think it's a very underrated art city. Like there's a lot of artists. There's a lot of creatives. Like there's Absolutely. a lot of art in our city, which I love. And um, it's centrally located. So I can go work in Omaha. I can go, you know, Chicago is a four and a half hour drive. Kansas City's 245. Uh, Minneapolis is yep. three and a half. So I love how like Des Moines is just smack dab in the middle of the Midwest. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are... Um Going back to your drone photography, what are some of your favorite shots or favorite destinations that you had opportunity to shoot? It's a great question. Um, I love, I mean, I obviously love like, as far as destination goes, like uh, I, I love Cabo. Like Cabo's a really, really cool area to drone with just the uh, the cliffs and the and the water. Have you guys ever been? No, no, You're but that's where I'm trying to go for my honeymoon. Hey, you should, you should go there. It's beautiful and it's like very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like aerial stuff, like I love taking shots of Iowa. Like I love going to Boji. I love you know taking shots of Des Moines. Um, I I love when like people say like this is in Iowa. You know, like mm-hmm. this is in Iowa, like blah blah blah. Like, yes, it is. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. I was beautiful, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's my purpose to like kind of showcase Iowa, showcase you know where I've grown up, where my roots are, and and yeah, mm-hmm. I I love uh, honestly droning in, in Okaboji. That's probably my my favorite place. Awesome. Um, speaking on Okaboji, uh, and kind of going back to when you were saying you grew up artistic and stuff. Was there a lot of other artistic people where you grew up or do you feel like you were kind of just like an anomaly? Like, obviously you mentioned like your sister does like art stuff too, yeah. but like, was there a scene for that in Okaboji or no? Uh, there definitely was just because, um, you know, Okaboji is kind of a hidden gem as far as lakes go. Like it's, it's super crystal clear water. So that's mm-hmm. gonna, I mean, that's obviously natural beauty right there because a lot of lakes in Iowa, they're kind of like mud bottom, like, you know, rivers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a u- unique lake. And and yeah, there is kind of a, there is a nice art scene there. There's a huge like ceramic scene. There's so many mm-hmm. like ceramic studios there. Um, and uh, and yeah, my sister, uh, my sister's obviously a creative. And then there's another aerial photographer who is really my mentor um, as far as getting a a drone and that was Tom Gustafson and he's 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 huge in in Okaboji and still is he's a legend um and and he does various books and I teamed up with him on above Des Moines um it, it's an aerial photography book um but he's done like probably nine books of like just above Okaboji above Clear Lake above Des Moines um and then yeah my my sister you know she she's obviously into big into photography. She, she's a, a huge reason why I got into photography. She kind of taught me how to like edit. So she was already kind of like a, you know, photographer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I bought my drone, she, she was the one like in high school, she had, you know, like the rebel, like T5 and it morphed into her getting like a Canon 5d. And, and she taught me like a lot, a lot of like how to edit and, and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. but cool. no, as far as like an art scene in, in Boji, like, yeah, it's uh there, there is a lot of lot of art 
artists in Boji and there's kind of a, a nice culture there, but you know, Des Moines kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. What kind of projects uh, do you enjoy working on the most out of like all the types of work you do? Uh, yeah, going back to, <laughs> just going to talk about drones for an hour. <laughs> Aerial <laughs> photography, man. It's, it's my passion. It's if, if, if I, you know, I, I do like everything I do. Um, you know, there's some stuff you obviously got to grind out. You're not going to love everything you do. But um, if, if I could fly my drone every day for the rest of my life, I'd be a happy man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I love aerial photography. I need it to green out, green up out there. Um, it's, you know, this yeah. is the time in Iowa. Like, in the winter, it's beautiful. You got the snow. In the fall, you got the changing leaves. Mm-hmm. Spring, when it, everything's still kind of dead, you know, it's like, okay. And then once start, stuff starts greening up, that's when I kind of get the itch to start droning again. But going back to, uh, you talked about editing. Just to talk about edit. So, what softwares are you using? Are you a Adobe guy or? I am. I'm a. I'm an Adobe guy. Okay. I know it's kind of the dinosaur now. Like people are using uh, DaVinci. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got a buddy, Cole Netton. And he's he's always like saying like you gotta switch you gotta switch to Cole Da Vinci. Is, Cole is dope too. He's yeah. a great creative too. Cole's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess as far as just like it's it's just next level like color grading mm-hmm. with Da Vinci. Um, but I I just I'm so familiar with with uh, Premiere and After Effects and Lightroom um, that yeah that's that's uh, yeah. what I use. How would you describe your style when it comes to editing for people that haven't seen your work? Yeah, I, I love color, and I always have. Um, so, yeah, like some people, uh, I don't know, some some people people would say it's like probably oversaturated, but I've always been attracted to, to you know, bright color and vibrant color. Um, so, yeah, just very loud images, but I also like them to be visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, a lot of color. It's always reminded me seeing your work of like what I would look at, like on Nat Geo or something yeah. Like, yeah. like that style. Good way so, to put it. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm a fan of what's like, do you have a favorite project that you can like point be like, man, this is like, like a, the bucket shot or anything that's your, like, this was what I wanted and a story that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, really good question. Uh, I would maybe say there was, there was one time in Boji. I do like to get up for like sunrises cause I feel like, um, you just never know what you're really going to get up there. And, uh, it was, it was in October of 2020 and I was just kind of chilling up there and, uh, got up for a sunrise and I threw my drone up and, it wasn't for any company. It was just for me, you know, just, you know, throwing my drone up there, getting some, some shots and I threw it up and you know, the, it was October, mid October, the leaves were changing and I threw it up and there was just like a huge ground fog for like, as far as you could see, like past the lake. And like, I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it. Like, that's like what I like live for. Just like a shot like that where I didn't even know there was like, you know, Mm. ground fog just in the, in the background. And just throwing it up and just like being like, wow, like that's like breathtaking beauty. Um, that that was probably like probably one of my favorite shots I've I've ever had uh, going up. It's awesome sunrise. Yeah. Who is one of your biggest inspirations when it comes to like aerial photography, videography, and like also your editing style? Uh, it's a good question. I really look up to uh, Peter Yan. Yantastic. Mm-hmm. He, yep. He's got some really cool stuff. Um, he was the first like preset pack I bought, you know, mm, nice. with, with my drones, with my drone stuff. Um, Gray Mallon. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He does like a lot of like kind of like more artsy stuff, uh, more textures. Like he sells a lot of his drone shots as like wallpaper and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And that's really what his stuff really inspired me to start like selling my, my prints and, and my canvases mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like YouTube goes, like I learned basically everything as far as drone stuff on YouTube, YouTube university. Um, I really like, I, I like Peter McKinnon. I like, uh, is it, uh, grab it. Oh yeah. Dave. Uh, yeah. I know. Uh, Dave Gravitz. David's, yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, he. He's, I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah he's really dope. Uh, it's just kind of off the cusp right now, but there there are a lot of uh, on Mondays. Uh, so Mondays are my day to like. And insurance CE continued education was like a big thing in insurance. So that's one thing that I really tried to carry over to my business. So every Monday, I really don't do a lot of editing or really shooting or anything. I literally just kind of watch like YouTube videos and try to pick up new crafts and and try to hone in on the crafts I already mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm always watching YouTube. Have you guys ever heard of Masterclass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm subscribed to that. I've taken a few Masterclasses and um, I'm just finally, this is kind of my slower time of year like i said it's kind of crappy out like not really cool aerial shots so this is the year i kind of try to catch up on editing and then once that's done i really try to jump back in into, into the ce it's cool will it be a point where you drop your own LUT package <laughs> that's a great question and, and yeah i really actually do um my sister has sold her presets before okay. i just really don't know how to do that um at this moment, but yeah, I, I really would like to eventually drop my my presets. I'm just, I just want them to be like perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I and I have so many like I could scroll for days on the presets I've created. You mm-hmm. know, so as far as like honing in on to on the like you know the perfect preset because because when you do sell presets, you obviously want it to like slap it on and and it looks good on just you know about every photo yeah, or else yeah. people are always kind of disappointed. So. I've always kind of thought about that and I've always wanted to do it, but as far as just sitting down and actually like honing in and, and just like critiquing a few presets, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to yet, but that has always been something I've wanted to do. Something that I think is unique about you is you mentioned uh, you got like a degree in business and I feel like a lot of creatives, you know, lack the business knowledge. Um, but I feel like, Obviously, like you're full time creative and like content creator and all that. Uh, so, how has that helped you just when it comes to running your own business? Immensely, and I, I'm I'm grateful for that. I took the route I did because of having the business background, and not necessarily just having a business background, but having the business degree, degree, getting a job in insurance, and that's really where I learned how to run my own business because I was a 1099, which is like, you know, you, you do, you, you're basically your own business yep. in insurance. So, um, I had a lot of great mentors in the insurance industry when I was there and they taught me how to be disciplined, how to stick to a schedule, um, you know, how to conduct a sales meeting, because like you said, a lot of creatives, you know, they, uh, they're great at what they do. But, you know, they don't know how to conduct, you know, a sales meeting or a sales call or really know how to how to close or talk to people. And and I really do feel like insurance really helped me um, get confident into more of the sales aspect and, and how to stay disciplined and how to run a business. Yeah. And then I kind of morph that into a creative business instead of instead of slinging insurance. How like important that. is having a mentor to you? Because you've talked about multiple mentors. Mm-hmm. Now. It's it's huge. I, I think everybody should have a mentor in whatever field they're going into. It doesn't have to be photography. It doesn't have to be videography. Like if you want to do insurance, if you want to do financial planning, like you should always have someone you can, you know, talk to. And if you have a question and that's why, you know, I had so many great mentors to me that, you know, I know how important it was to me. So I'm trying to do that to, you know, people coming to me for advice or asking me because I, I knew how valuable it was for me coming up. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I think I think having a mentor is huge. Um, how hard was it for you to figure out like how to start selling uh, your work? Because I feel like that's another thing that photographers uh, surprisingly don't do much of like I know a lot of photographers that they they get gigs you know they get clients they send their photos like an album to their client but when it comes to like selling their work as like prints and stuff like it's I feel like a lot of people don't know yeah I mean it was a it was a huge process and I'm still you know I wouldn't say an expert on it but um, I knew I wanted to start selling my my prints and stuff just because, again, my mentor did it. And I was like, that's cool. I want to I start doing that. Um, so I kind of and, and people would come up to me and they would be like, you should sell your prints. You should sell your prints, blah, blah, blah. So I had them in my ear and they were telling me stuff like, uh, 
you should sell your prints on like society six. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yep. Um, you know, and so I kind of started looking into websites like that. And then I started seeing like, okay, if you sell a print for $30, you only make $3 from that. And I'm, I'm like, really? I'm not going to do that. Like no. it's, it's horrible margins. So I'm, so, um, I started a website on Squarespace and that was like, I don't know, a hundred bucks. And, and you can like start and you can do like an online, like web front yep. uh, on Squarespace. So I'm like, I'm not like going to pay this like society six to like sell my prints. And then I make like what, like 10 bucks a year off of it. I'm like, I want to, you know, make 90% margins and, right. and, and sell my stuff. So I started my online gallery on Squarespace and I just started looking at, um, uh, just kind of online canvas shops. And started out with one who was like, it, it was the cheapest, but it was horrible. Like, so I sold a few canvases off of them and just the quality wasn't there. And I said to myself, I'm like, I, I want something that, you know, is going to hang on someone's wall and it's going to be, you know, there for a lot of years and it's going to, you know, with, withhold the, the test of time. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up finding a print shop in Colorado. They're a small company. Um, and, and they kind of handle all of my prints. So they have all of my um, high, high definition, high quality photos. And if, if someone orders a, a print, they, they handle it all and ship it straight to them. So, so drop shipping's huge. And yeah. that's, and that's what, I've, what I've utilized. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely been a process. And I just found them about, I've been selling my prints online for two or three years now. I think, I think it's three years. And I found them about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I, I used to handle the, the print aspect myself. I, I would go to a print shop, um, copycat Des Moines and, and they did a really great job, but it was super time consuming. Like I would, I mean, I'd, I'd get, you know, probably four or five prints a, a week and uh, a full day was was literally dedicated to that. And I was like, I need to figure out how to, you know, still sell prints, but make it more of a passive income. Yeah. And um, that's where I found this uh, print shop in Colorado, CG Pro Prints. And and yeah, they've, they've done a great job. Um, it's super high quality stuff. And it helps, you know, save me a lot of time too. Do you, awesome. Do you do anything like Unsplash or anything like that? Yeah, I started out um, doing a lot of stuff on Unsplash, and that was another thing too. Where you know, where it does give you confidence, you know, when you do get a lot of views on stuff and a lot of downloads. And um, yeah, I used to be huge in Unsplash. Like every drone shot I, I'd take or post, I'd also post on Unsplash. I, mm -hmm. I don't really do it much anymore, and there isn't really a reason why. I just, uh, but yeah, no. Are, do you got? Are you guys on Unsplash? You make commission off of those. Uh -uh. No, it's, it's just it's all like, exposure. Okay. Yeah, there there are stock websites um, that I've posted stuff to, but like yeah. not on Splash. No, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about that, so that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, no Unsplash, and and I love Unsplash, and I get images for like you know generic images for Lord Vodka from Unsplash. I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice tool and you can use it for free. Yep. And then photographers, it, it's, it's built for like kind of beginning photographers to get their name out there yeah. and, you know, get their, get their images circulating. And, and I think it's a, it's a great, uh, great tool, mm. but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a pretty dope platform. You mentioned one of your favorite uh, projects or experiences was like putting your drone up and seeing, all that fog and everything like that. Yeah. My question is like, do you do you feel a disconnect ever doing something whenever you feel like you're doing it for you versus doing it for a client? Like whether it's like, ah, man, like I'm just not feeling it, whether it's creative burnout, creative block, anything where it's like, I don't feel like doing this because it is my income or my job. Oh, for sure. And obviously you're going to have to scratch and claw in anything starting out doing something. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for me, and sorry, Tyler Springer, I did not like doing <laughs> real estate at all. It was not for me. I definitely did it uh, for like, you know, paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it actually helped me find, you know, the place I live in right now. Uh, I did a did the aerial work for, I, I used to have an office in Caliber Realty 
and mm-hmm. would do all their aerial shots for their condos and, and things of that nature. And, and again, it's not like I like drag my feet like, Oh, this is horrible. But also it's just like, it just, it just wasn't my passion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'd probably say, say real estate was, was definitely that for me. For sure. So on, on kind of like switching gears a little bit, like for someone getting into, um, whether it's aerial photography or content creation, what's, uh, what's any advice or like, what would you, what would you push them towards? Yeah, I do get that question quite a bit. Um, you know, do you have any obviously advice? And I always tell people literally bring your drone everywhere, like have it in your car, like, like you learn by, you know, just getting it going up there and yeah. flying. And yeah. um, and that's what I, I still try to do. Um, I always try to have my drone on on me um, unless it's charging. Um, but but yeah, for, for young aerial photographers looking to get into it, I would just say get out there and drone every day and take your drone with you and wherever you're at, throw it up. And eventually, like it'll literally almost become an extension of you. So it's mm. cool. Yeah. What gear are you using right now? Uh, so I got a Mavic three. Um, I have a DJI FPV drone. I have a a seven S three. And then I also have a GH five as just kind of my B cam. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. It's cool, man. It's my gear. My Mavic three is definitely my workhorse right now. Yep. There's kind of been some buzz, um, about an Inspire three coming out. Yeah. And, uh, uh, there, yeah, like I said, the rumor mill is spinning, and I either want to buy a backup Mavic Three, and I don't even know if this is like legal or not, but I want to start flying two drones at once. I want to start, you know, because I like doing time lapses, hmm. and this might be super legal too. I haven't even like really looked into it, but I love doing time lapses now. But their time lapses are very time consuming, right. and you're just kind of sitting up there. Um, and you can set up waypoints, you know, so you like start low and like you're focusing on, you know, a building or, or whatever it is. So, you, you know, start low and do like a 15 minute time lapse. Well, I'm sitting there kind of twiddling my thumbs for 15 minutes, you know, right. doing this time lapse where it's like, well, I could have this drone be doing a time lapse and I autopilot. And then I could also be doing my own thing, like going and taking photos and stuff at the same time. So I either want to get another Mavic 3 or I kind of want to wait like for the Inspire to, you know, kind of get is, a different drone too. Is the Maverick 3 by far your favorite drone? Yeah. As far as portability goes, like I said, like the the OG Mavic and all the Mavics, like it's a professional grade camera and it is super easy to travel with and, yeah. and, and pack light. And there really isn't anything in the industry like it. And uh, as far as just run and gun photography, which is what I do most of the time, it's literally the perfect drone for me. Do you ever want to get into more like, uh, um, I think there's, I mean, I don't know as much as you do, obviously, about aerial uh, videography and stuff, but I know like uh, when it comes to shooting movies and stuff, like they got some crazy stuff. So Yeah, like, like putting you, a cinematic rig yeah, on, yeah. Exactly. Would you ever want to dabble in that? Absolutely. Like as far as like strapping like a red, you know, on a, on a drone, like that, that stuff's really cool. Um, uh, but no, like the, the inspire, I think the inspire would, would be cool. What really surprised me is like I said, like doing work for like uh TV channel, like A&E, like I would, I was going to assume like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, like, uh, rent to like inspire, you know, to like do their, and they're like, I'm like, they're like, what do you have? And I'm just like, a Mavic 3? And they're like, oh, that's perfect. I'm like, all right, sweet. Let's yeah. go. I got to so, ask you, how did you get that? Was that kind of a word of mouth thing that it's like, oh, I know this guy, Drew, who's super talented? Or did they find you through social media? Or how did that work? Yeah, no. So it was it was uh, referred, uh, referred uh, to um, uh, Cole, Cole Netton works for a studio. I forget what they're called. He, he's a really talented uh, studio. He does like high V commercials. Uh, Why does Cole Netton sound familiar? He's a dope videographer. Yeah. Like really good. Cole, Cole's like, yeah. He's not red. Uh, no, not red noise six. Uh, I should know their, I should know their name, but it's, it's drawing a blank for me. But anyway, it's, it's a very, it's, 
Creative Six or something. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it. I can't think of. That sounds familiar. I bet Aaron would know. Yeah. It, yeah. So anyway, like uh, Cole, Cole work does like aerial uh, videography for them, mm-hmm. and he wasn't available and referred them to me. So mm-hmm. then the the studio reached out to me, and and I ended up doing it for them. But um, yeah, that that one was definitely referral based. Okay. Another thing is like uh, with the amount of different things that you do, like what does a typical week look like for you? Because I feel like you said Mondays are kind of like your learning days where you're, you're watching classes online and stuff and you're like gaining new knowledge. Uh, what does the rest of your week look like? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Mondays are just kind of like, like you said, just kind of my CE days. And then, uh, um, it just kind of, it really just depends on if I have shoots that week, you know, various shoots. Um, in the mornings, I usually like to catch up on emails and conduct, uh, you know, sales appointments and um, take care of prints. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon is where I like to rail out my edits, you know, yeah. and uh, and yeah, and and have shoots, you know, sprinkled in between there. How many hours do you think you put in a week? Mm, I'd say I'm probably honestly like. 35 to 40 hours, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm putting in stupid hours. Now there'll be some weeks where, yeah, I put in an 80 hour week, but as far as just like editing goes, like, I, I don't care who you are. Like you can't edit for 50 hours. At least I can't, like, I don't think that's humanly possible to just like edit yeah. for 40 hours a week. Like, mm-hmm. am, am I running around constantly doing work stuff? Like, yes. But, um, yeah, I'd say anywhere from like that 30, but yeah, there are weeks where, you know, you're working 80 to 90, especially if, you know, you have back-to-back weddings or, mm-hmm. you know, you got shoots and, and yeah, it just, it just kind of depends. Yeah. How important is having a routine and structure for you? Uh, it's, it's super important. And, you know, I, I love my routine right now and, and, uh, I, I'm very deep into it. Um, I'm very active, love to work out, obviously love to work and, and sticking to that, you know, routine is, is huge for me. And, you know, it, not everybody has to do it, but I need to stick to a routine. How do you rest? Rest? Yeah. Like, how do you get away from work if it's becoming too much uh, or like whatever that looks like? Um, definitely unplugging. Uh, I just, uh, I like working out. Like I said, I like, uh, you know, yoga. Yoga is a good way for me to, you know, kind of reset. And, um and yeah, uh, traveling, you know, going on vacations. Um, that's kind of the nice part about, you know, owning your own business is uh, you can you can take breaks whenever you want. And uh, it, it is always important to, you know, get your work done and, you know, get stuff to people in a timely matter. But if, if you are, you know, if nothing's coming to you or, you know, if you, you do have sort of a block or you do are kind of getting burnout, like that, that is a real thing, you know. Um, you can take a day off, you can take a personal day off and just kind of reset and, you know, get back into it. Yeah. How has social media impacted you and your career, uh, for better or for worse? Uh, I definitely feel like it's benefited me, uh, more in a positive way and it obviously has its negative effects. Um, I do try to now, you know, kind of post and ghost, like I, I do like to be on it a little bit, but I, um, you know, I, I also know too that like when you're on it constantly, it's it's obviously not good either. But mm-hmm. it has really helped me kind of get my my work out there. Yeah. And you know, back in the day when there wasn't Instagram or, or anything, like it was kind of a little bit tougher to you know display your work you know for yeah. the world. But now you know social media is really given an, an avenue to, to share your work uh, as far as anything goes. Yeah, definitely. With the social media following that you have, was that something that happened rapidly or pretty over time? Uh, de- definitely over time. It, yeah. There's not really, you know, there's like a post or two. Uh, I would, one thing that really did help my following as far as like grow it in Iowa was um, I would like do canvas giveaways with Iowa Chill. Cool. The Iowa yep. Chill Boys. Uh, yeah. they're, they're really cool, cool dudes. Um, Jonathan and 
and uh, and them. So so they they had kind of always followed my work, and they retweeted a few posts of mine or asked if they could use like a few Iowa like videos I did. And I would start doing canvas giveaways, you know, the like, follow, share, like yep. put in your story. So those like, yeah, I was getting, you know, per, per canvas, I was getting like a thousand followers, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I, I've had my, uh, drone photography for ever since I got my drone. So six years yeah, and just kind of steadily grew, grew over time. It's not like I woke up one day and just boom, you know, they were all there or there was mm-hmm. one post that really did it, but, um, Yeah. What would you, if there was one thing or a couple of things that you would tell your younger self, what would that be? Uh, what advice you would give your younger self? Um, I would, I would just say, you know, just, just stick to what you love. Like you, you have a, you have a gut instinct inside you. Like, you know, what, what you think is right and wrong or what you think you should do. And, you know, like I said, I'm grateful for the path and, and where it's led me. But um, I also did feel like I was really trying to sur- suppress my my creative side at one point and just being being like, OK, this isn't like the path I want to go down. Mm-hmm. And maybe just being more, you know, you know, not necessarily putting all your eggs in one basket, but just whatever you want to do, just, you know, fully commit to it. And, you know, there's nothing I've done in life where if I fully committed to something like I wasn't successful at. So just mm. whatever you want to do, just go all in. Where it's do you good. see yourself in two years, five years, in 10 years? Um, people kind of always ask that too. Like, you know, what do you, what do you, where, where do you want this to take you? And as of right now, like, I don't know. I love what I do. And I, if I could do this every day till I, I'm six feet under, I would be a happy man. Awesome. And, uh, you know, where, wherever it takes me, it takes me. But, you know, as of right now, like I would, I would love doing this for the rest of my life. And if it does morph into like a marketing agency, if I want to take it to that, or, you know, if, if another opportunity presents itself, then yeah, I'll obviously roll with it. And when there are opportunities, you need to take them or, or, you know, keep moving. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my, my five and 10 year plan is just to keep doing what I'm doing and keep getting better at what I'm getting better or keep getting better at what I'm doing and just go from there. Yeah. Do you have a, like a, a North star, big goal, big dreams? Like this is what I would love to accomplish, like in a perfect world creatively. Uh, yeah, I want to be, you know, I want to be the best aerial photographer ever. Like, yeah. that's like my goal. Like, I want, like, I want to be an Ansel Adams in aerial photography because, you know, aer- aerial photography is very new. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it it's is. It's also very niche. It is. It's like, very every, niche. like, you yeah. see all the YouTubers be like, ah, oh, like, this is what drone I have in my camera bag. And most of the time it's the Mavic 3 Mini or the Mavic Mini that is like, oh, you don't actually have to have your flight. Uh, license or anything like that. So it's like, everyone's like, oh, it's super easy. It's also very accommodating to all the flight laws and everything like that. But like, it is very niche still to like a a point of professional aerial photography. For sure. And, you know, there are obviously, like you said, licenses licenses you need to get and and hoops to jump through. A lot of them. To charge money. Yeah. And it's, I actually had the FAA literally call me and, um, it was when I, my photography did kind of start taking off a little bit and I wasn't part 107 licensed and they were actually very cool about it. They called me and they were like, yeah, this is so-and-so with the FAA. You know, we know you're charging money. Like we know you're doing this, like we're not going to fine you, but we are strongly suggesting that you get your part 107. Yep. Um, because the next time we call it probably is not going to be good. And I got my part 107, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, there, there, it is very niche. There are a lot of hoops you have to jump through and rightfully so like I'm 1000% for like regulation, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. 1000% for safety because those FPV drones, like those things go hundred mile an hour. Like, and you're, and you know, it like, at the same time, yeah, it is like a hobby, but also like that's a lot of responsibility, like yeah. as far as safety wise goes. So Absolutely. I'm all for safety. I'm all for regulations, like follow the rules. And again, like maybe flying two drones at one time probably isn't going to be following the rules. But, you know, I, I'm I'm a huge advocate for that. It's cool, man. You might be onto something, though. Yeah, you might be, on, <laughs> might be onto something. 
I know that feeling of just sitting there waiting on a time lapse. It's it gets pretty boring. I remember working. <laughs> I worked for Marquis last year, and he had me running to construction sites a couple times, <laughs> doing like some random drone work, and I was intimidated by it because like I didn't want to crash someone else's drone. <laughs> like I was just like, yeah. It was fun though. It was really fun. And you did. He did good. Kind. I didn't even give him like a crash course or anything. I was like, here go this drone. It was, a horrible, <laughs> it was, it was bad on my part. I was like, here go this drone. Can you do this? I can't go do it. And he. He was like, yeah, sure. Like, That's awesome, man. Yeah. And it, it turned out great. Everything was good. So appreciate you. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> man, this was good, though. Thanks for coming on and honestly, like, yeah. uh, educating us a little bit on drone photography, but also just uh, giving us, like, an insight as to what you do. So we yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys having me on. For real, yeah. it's, it's an honor. And what you guys are doing, like, you know, people are really going to start taking notice because it's a great production and you are giving people, especially creatives in Iowa, a voice. And yeah, it's it's really cool what you guys are doing. So thanks appreciate for having me. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've been following you for a minute. So. Yeah. yeah, he's the goat of aerial <laughs> photography. And if you don't have one of his prints, you definitely should go yeah. buy one. If you don't follow him, you should definitely go follow him because it's just mind blowing to some of the pictures that you post. I'm like, dang. I yeah, good stuff, that. man. Also, I want to come to Okaboji and fish. So yeah, yeah, yes. might have to have a summer happen. trip, man. Let me know. Let me know. Okaboji. I'll be your tour guide. We, uh, me and my brother, got a boat a few years ago, and we we're trying to, to have a her. content weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. A content <laughs> weekend. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm down. Let me know whenever you guys are there. You know, you guys you can hop on the boat. Uh, I'm not a huge fisherman, so my dad is a diehard fisherman, and mm -hmm. and uh, and. And I think that kind of like more just like, again, like I don't have the patience. For that. I love, I love catching. I don't love fishing, yeah. <laughs> you know? So anytime we fish, text this fun. guy, Hey, well, we, we going to hang out. Sorry, man. I'm fishing. <laughs> yeah, I literally was fishing yesterday. I know. I'm sad. I, sad this dude, I know. Like, I'm sad. I didn't get a chance. To go. Cause I fish during the summer. Once the summer hits, we're out there a couple of times throughout the week fishing. Where you guys go? I, I go everywhere. Yeah. Like I fish ponds lakes rivers uh but okaboji man like like you said that water's crystal clear they got musky and pike and oh you yeah. don't really have that as much down here so yeah it's cool man yeah, welcome to you, the bass pro podcast <laughs> See, like, living up yeah you, you can wear the hat I can wear it proudly, <laughs> you can too you know yeah, yeah. So, Some anglers over here when it comes to the Bass Pro. Hat. For sure. So one thing we like to do to end the podcast is we always ask what inspired you. It doesn't have to be this week or last week, but what has inspired you in like the last month or so? Um, honestly, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but like just when it whenever it starts warming up that's when i start kind of getting the itch again to you know get out there and and during the summer i'm i'm literally flying about every day um i live in downtown des moines so it's i kind of tell myself like you know you're just better off just going out and just exploring or literally just walk out of like your garage and throw your drone up and if you if you post some or if you see something you like you if if not you don't but yeah just the warm weather it's it's uh getting me amped to get out there and, and start getting some getting some stuff to mm. post on the feed it's awesome yeah. man it's awesome all right i'll go next uh one thing that inspired me is a buddy of mine from minneapolis he was a full-time musician and worship leader and he just posted a reel. I, I reposted it on my story, so if you saw it. Um, but his name is Wes. Um, really cool guy. Got to meet him the last couple of years um, and try and stay loosely in touch. But he just posted something and it said, like, the, the hook was, like, he got the gift to start over. And he's starting his career in cinematography. And he's a little bit older than us. Um, but it, it that was really cool, and I, I just reached out to him. We had a, con a good conversation. And it was just really interesting to see that, like, someone who's successful in one craft just completely pivot, still passionate about, like, music and writing and um, producing, but still pivot into now cinematography, um, already doing some really cool stuff. And I think that's just really cool, really inspiring, because I remember, like, being so scared, you know, being like, ah, should I change up, you know, like whether it's school, change my, you know, your major, change anything, change your career path. 
But to be established in something and be like, this isn't for me right now and find something else, I think that's really awesome. Sure, and uh, yeah. I know for sure he's going to find success doing it because the dude it just like bleeds creativity. So shout out Wes. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, I can go. So last time this question came about, my answer was like, I'm just feeling burnt out and uninspired at the moment. But since then, and that was literally a week ago, and this kind of just shows how like, it is being a creative. Like one day you could be totally like, I got nothing. But then like the next day you can be inspired. So, but basically I got reached out to by, um, his name is Seth and he is the the founder uh, and guy behind Precious, which is like a graphic design studio uh, in the East Village. And um, he reached out to me and was like, hey, like come and goes doing this like merch madness competition. And uh, I want you to uh, submit to be part of it. And um, so I did. And like, so I designed a shirt. I was given a random phrase. Honestly, wasn't a fan of the phrase. Like Seth was like designed. <laughs> Seth you got like, you got dealt a tough hand, yeah, not going to lie. Oh, man. I Like Seth said in the email to me, design something that you would wear. But I will never wear a shirt that says... I'm a Midwest gas station 10. <laughs> it don't matter how dope it is. Like, I don't, I, yeah. Hey, your design was good though. Yeah, your design, I, your design was, was good for what you were given. Perfect. Okay. I, yeah. I appreciate that. I'm very tough on myself. Like I look back on it. It was a really tight turnaround too. Yeah. It was like, you're given what? 48 hours? 36 or it was 72 like, hours? It was like a five day thing. Okay. Yeah. Cause but I was talking to Alex about it. Yeah. For someone being who works full time for the church, you know, it's hard. Like if I was like, you know, full time myself freelancing or whatever, then I feel like having the time to really like, all right, I got time. I'm going to like research all the different things I want to do. I'm going to mood board. Like I'm going to do all these things. And I did do that to an extent, but like, I just feel like I didn't have the time to really get what I wanted. But in the end, like, uh, my work was shown with the other designers. Uh, I think, uh, like, I don't know how many, but basically the best designs were picked and, like, shared on Come and Go's feed. And then, like, also Precious shared it on their thing, too. And, like, like Precious is, like, one of the best, like, graphic design, like, studios that I know of in Des Moines, like, they work like so many really dope graphic designers like work and like collab with precious and do stuff like that so i just felt honored to have the opportunity even though i hated my design to be put up there with like other really talented people like alex and then borg mm -hmm. uh and my homies at ink space tanantino like uh it was just cool like again I don't like my design, but just being showcased up there with them like was just really dope. And that's yeah. kind of inspiring because it makes me feel like, damn, like I did something for come and go, which is yep. legit. So, yeah. 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 That's dope. That was pretty yeah. cool. That was dope. I did like your design. I like vote for uh, vote for Noah. It was, it vote for Noah, everybody. And it, it, was, it was you. Like, I think if anybody I think if anybody look at all the other designs, they can they can point out your design be like all right. I picked was, I picked yours out before I even one. saw your tag. No, that, so I knew good. I knew which that, one was yours. That's piece volume. I got to rid you. of the quotation marks. Bro. Hey, that's hey, it's all right. It's all right. It's such a dumb decision, but hey, you live and you learn. Yeah, you live and you learn. But and I'll do better next time. I thought it was a dope design. You did good on it, bro. Um uh, mine was had a couple, but I'll choose this one. I went I went and saw John Wick for uh, this past weekend, and I've always been a fan of like the cinematography in that movie. But uh, with the fourth one coming out, the color grading on it was just amazing and great. It was very punchy, um, which is kind of like the opposite of what I normally like. Uh, but they you like more in, like muted or yeah, muted. Uh, more of like my color grading style would be more of with the greens and blues of like Joker, mm -hmm. uh, Batman, the most recent Batman, they did good on that one. But this John Wick, it was just like punchy. 
It was very, it had a lot of contrast, hard shadows, and I, I loved it. So mm. it was really good. I, I saw a couple Spider-Man. clips on Instagram um, of their stunt clips. double team yeah. doing stuff. That was wild. I'll have to find them and send them to you yeah, guys. Because Reeves, he does his own stunts in that movie. They they yeah. had the team that was doing like some like some of the I don't, I don't know the villains or whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like just some of the stunts that were they were it's doing just, was one dude one dude specifically got like thrown like physically thrown down an escalator and I thought it was yeah. like a dummy like and then like he stood up I was like <laughs> that was a person yeah. like because just the way his body contorted down that would look like it was a rag doll yeah. and then he stood up in the end I was like and escalators are whoa. sharp. Whoa. <laughs> like, yeah, whoa. They're pretty sharp. So. That was nuts. Talk about that yeah, one. No <laughs> kidding. They yeah. Any, they got any stunt doubles in uh, Des Moines? <laughs> yeah, they do. We, we got to find some. We got to find some. I couldn't be a stunt double, bro. I'm, <laughs> bro, I'm not made for that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a twig, man. I'm not built. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm breaking every bone in my body. Facts. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Drew. Yeah. It was good to have you. Like Marquis said, uh, if y'all... Support his work, buy his prints, follow him on Instagram, all the things. Um, but, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it was nice meeting all you guys. Absolutely. I've always admired your work from afar, and it's cool to finally meet you guys and okay. see you in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's cool, same, man. Same here, man. Yep. Well, this was the Creative Point of View podcast. We'll see you guys in the next one. See you.